Hello and welcome to the agenda. It is Monday, the eighth of May, twenty twenty-three. It's been a glorious weekend uh, for Glasgow Celtic, uh, champions of Scotland, twenty twenty-two, twenty-three, uh, two in a row. Here we go. Um, uh, what was the phrase they used? Like double, double champion, double title winners or something? Back to back. Back to back, yeah. I, I love how, but, you know, you can say a lot of things about Celtic in regards to how the clubs are and all that, but see the market and stuff where it's like back to back, boom, you know, football. Absolutely shot myself there. I had nothing to go after back to back. But yeah, they do come up with catchy phrases and, uh, yeah, back-to-back is great, and hopefully we can um, go on and uh, secure the treble. Plenty to talk about, lots of uh, gloating, of course, uh, and a lot of fun. If you're a Hearts fan, switch off now. Uh, if you're an Angels fan, switch off now. I don't know why you'd be subscribing. Um, Kieran Devlin's here. Hello, Kieran. How the hell are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm just, I'm just like thinking that oh, surely Claire must do all the cynic marketing then at this point. <laughs> if that's the the standard, <laughs> you're offering. football. <laughs> I mean, I'd, 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 I'd buy it. I'd buy it. That's all I need. Quite good. Uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little hungover today. I'm not gonna, not gonna lie. Uh, obviously, celebrating with a nice, nice wee title win. That was good. And I cooked a massive paella and had friends around and then we went and won a, won a pub quiz. So it was a great day. Great day all around. Great day. Jesus. I'll have to let us know about that. Uh, Alan Edgar's here. Hello, Alan. How are you, my friend? I'm good, mate. I am top notch. Great weekend. I, just great day yesterday. So I'm really looking forward to this. Uh, I just want to say, Alan, over the last couple of weeks, has came on to the um, uh, the, the Zoom call we obviously record via Zoom, and um, his technical um, problems of, of they're gone every, every time he comes on. Boom! It's like you've got it down. I just want to. Sometimes we don't give you enough credit for you know your your technical prowess uh, in regards to recording stuff. I'm a fucking mealy mouth idiot today, um, but yeah, good. Well done, Alan. Thank you, Christopher. Thank you. <laughs> Um, I'm going to be look. Well, we're having a good day. I'll take the plaudits. I won't feel patronised. The night classes have been paying off. <laughs> um, great stuff. Uh, it's uh, it's quite a rainy sort of day, but um, today obviously in canvas slang and stuff. But yesterday was um, just fantastic. Myself and Alan went down to the stadium. Uh, we'll catch up on what uh, your evening held, Kieran. But let's kind of just start with you know the game finished. Uh, I did the reaction with Colin and Bowd, which was uh, tremendous fun. And um, I showed up to the stadium and I, I, I met up with Alan and, and Barry and uh, Bowd and a few others. And we had a, a good time. Alan, what did you make of yesterday, like the post-match uh, Parkhead visit? Yeah, it was um, it was really, really nice. And I, I know that might not, uh, you know, you could maybe be a wee bit more descriptive. But generally, I just feel it was... Just a really, really nice moment. And I think over the last, I don't know, since, it feels like since the kind of, the Celtic way has been fully redeveloped, it really does lend itself well to moments like that. A wee kind of precursor almost to a title party. Um, you know, obviously fairly spontaneous, but obviously there was uh, some kind of plans for afterwards, but it was just nice. There wasn't really anything particularly on, you know. The players came back, couldn't see them, could barely hear them. <laughs> but it was just think? nice, like it was just nice being able to gather and kind of see, as you say, obviously seeing loads of folk, seeing a lot of folk, 
just chatting, having a couple of drinks, very, very sociable. Um, and do you know what was brilliant? Um, I must have been down there for, you know, a couple of hours. Uh, it was just great. Just really, really enjoyed it. And I think we've had a, quite a few like that over the years. And that's just another one. Even the weather played ball, as you said, for, I mean, the weather was glorious when we were down there for that two hours. And it was great. Just everybody enjoying themselves, having a few drinks, celebrating, singing. It was just brilliant. And that's what, um, well, that's, that's what that's what it's all about, and it's great to see everybody in just such good spirits. Yesterday, it was um, it was top notch. I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, I just want to have a quick thing on like Celtic fan culture and the evolution of it, and how it's really developed into something I think is really special. Um, you know, like there was lots of people there yesterday. People, you know, in their kind of mid thirties, you know, maybe early forties, with like their kids and stuff, and like just you know guys with kids on their shoulders and, you know, uh, mothers with their daughters and, you know, their sons. And it just, like, I think what's happening at the football club right now, obviously on the pitch is glorious, but as a, like, fan culture that we're developed and creating, I just think it's really, really special. And sometimes you've got to say, fantastic, Alan. You left out um, one large contingent who were there, which I loved yesterday, the amount of dogs we've seen. Um, of course it was great we've seen dogs in retro Celtic tops uh, going back to the mid 80s a lot of labs um, oh, it was brilliant really really enjoyed it um, a, a touching tribute to Paul Grady in my opinion yeah sure yeah that's um, why we don't want it that's why we don't want it I was going to bring my cat but um, Oof. Uh, she, she you know Peggy wasn't up for it disappointing um, no, but I, I just think, you know, there is like this. Kieran, what, what's your kind of thoughts like when you see kind of the culture of what we're creating? You know, flashback to even 10 years ago, it was still kind of in its infancy. And I'm not, I'm, you know, people have always turned up at the stadium. People turned up the stadium for Robbie Keane. People turned up, uh, you know, I think back to the, the glorious stopping, you know, um, Rangers doing the 10 and stuff. I'm not saying it hasn't been there before because it's always been there it just seems to have maybe it's the, the, the social media and stuff it just seems to be bubbling nicely to a, a real big crescendo where everyone feels part of it yeah i think so i think it's 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 a nice wee reminder of that you know the level of toxicity we, we see in social media that is like a bubble yeah it's his own weed side thing whereas yesterday is something we can really take Pride in as being, well, maybe, I guess it's both sides are like authentic support, but we can take pride in that being as part, a bigger part of us than maybe, you know, sort of like uh, the social media um, poison, basically. And I, I think you're right, it's, it's really nice. I, I I love seeing the images of yesterday. It's incredible. We got that many people and it did just seem like a really pleasant, wholesome family atmosphere. But in wholesome, I don't mean people, you know, obviously people were uh having a good time on the on the booze. But uh, it, it was just it just seemed like a very cordial thing. As you see, the young kids there, dogs. I'm disappointed that I uh, wasn't sent any dogs in Celtic top photos. That felt like <laughs> prime content for me. So I'm I'm a little a little upset. But we'll we'll move swiftly on. Um oh uh, has, has Alan got got something? I will ensure uh, Kieran that uh, an appropriate <laughs> picture is sent over to you and I'm doing it right now so I don't forget. Good man, thank you very much. Uh, my phone's on charge in the other room, so I'll let you know afterwards. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's just it's just a, it just seemed like a really special occasion, and it it does remind you how how, su- how lovely a support we have, how passionate a support. And I think this is something. Yesterday was a big reminder that this doesn't get old for us. I I went mental at Hugo's goal and always go and at full time, you know, I got emotional with Angie's interview and everything and. 
it's like you know I have English pals who you know they always ask me stuff like oh do you not get bored about winning all the time and that kind of nonsense it's like no <laughs> no yesterday yesterday was as special as all the rest of them maybe in some cases even more special and I I, I loved it uh, you know I really I, I had some FOMO for not being there but uh, celebrated my own own way by smashing the entertainment round of a pub quiz which is. <laughs> Almost as good. Um, do you know the only thing? Genuinely, the only thing that's disappointed is that we didn't go to a part of Glasgow and smash it up. Because, and it because it, I mean, well, that, was, that's that's bank, what bank holiday Monday. Still time, <laughs> still early. But you know that that's what you do, isn't it? When you win something, you go and you smash part of your own city up. That's that seems to be like a, a trend, is it? I don't know. Well, you speak uh, as as I say, bank holiday Monday. I've already been up night for breakfast this morning. I'm recording this. I've got a couple of but a house admin to do, and then I'm probably going to go up and um, I don't know, batter a brick through a McDonald's window or something. You know, why the hell not? That's uh, what you do. No, I think just just lastly, just most of, I think the other thing to maybe kind of point out is that the Celtic way, the the stadium footprint, as they like to call it really does lend itself well to these type of moments now. And that's something that probably 10 years ago wouldn't have been the case. You know, the old ticket office being there, but now it's a big wide open space, almost like a, you know, since the kind of redevelopment, I suppose, of the Emirates Arena and the changes, it really does look great on days like that. Whereas 10, 15 years ago, you had the car park there, the barriers, it just didn't look. Whereas now it's a, Beautiful, big, wide open area that people can kind of hang around and just enjoy themselves. And I think that's reflected in the pictures. And um, uh, it's, it's kind of, I think that's the, the long term vision to develop that and have a, a stadium like that, that when you look at it, is actually quite pretty now. Um, I know Celtic Park, the stadium might look a bit outdated and it was quite cheaply built, but actually the area around it and just the, um, you know, the Celtic way is just, it's really, really nice. And it's great to see it teaming with people yesterday. And, uh, I just just great hanging around. I just could I could have stayed there for hours and hours and do that every two weeks. That would be fine with me. Just I don't want to big, big bag of cans. <laughs> I don't want to kind of keep banging this drum, but you know, if Celtic had something there with like you know seats and you know somewhere to just sit down, I genuinely and I think a lot of people would have stayed there all night. Like, see if if they got like a, a temporary license to sell around the perimeter or whatever i honestly would have went up there straight after they get after done the reaction and i would have stayed there to midnight if you could like this is the thing we want to create something and yesterday was great i just think there's such there's an evolution to be had with that and i think hopefully over the next couple of years it'll come um quickly kieran oh sorry are you well yeah i was just gonna uh on that like this is something english clubs are really good at Especially, yeah. I think I mentioned Spurs before. I went to, I've got a good pal who's a Spurs fan. I went to a few games with him, but he was sending me photos from the weekend. This is how sort of uh, Levy, Daniel Levy, obviously, kind of quite a bit of scrutiny at the moment. He's, he's everyone's wanting one of them out the club. So, what is his answer? Gets the doors open at nine o'clock so everybody can have some beers watching the coronation <laughs> and, the, <laughs> and just in the, just in the, uh, on course, uh, which is quite, quite funny uh, I, 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 it's a little little side story that i think is really funny <laughs> yes um quickly kieran uh the quiz that you won how many points did you win by uh four one by four Get, can uh, you give I me one we got 42 out of 50 that's not bad can you give me one question from the entertainment round um i can i can uh what was it oh uh yeah uh who? Well, what you? Yeah, you'll get it. But like, uh, 
Who created Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad? Uh, uh, what's it, as in who, like the writer? Uh, the, the guy who the showrunner, did... showrunner, writer, yeah. I, I, I don't know. Ben Skilligan. Ben oh, Skilligan. there you go. Yeah. I, w- yeah. I, w- I would have lost that point mm. for, for you guys. Sorry. But no, good to hear. Uh, what was the name of your team? Oh, it was a really, it's one of those ones where like they give you like a cute prompt and you have to be funny. Um, so it's like, look, I am your blank. So instead of father. So everybody was doing, you know, the sort of the cards against humanity. Bit vulgar for my taste. I prefer some some wit, uh, personally. <laughs> well, we, Caroline's suggestion we went with was just, look, I am your quote, appointed lawyer, was what we went with in the end. Ah, you can't have all Keenan, can you? No, I know. Um, well, we, 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 we won the quiz and got a 30 quid bar tab, so. That's great. A bar tab is an excellent uh, an excellent prize for a quiz because you can just yeah. drink it as you lay. Anyway, great stuff. Uh, we got some uh, questions. We'll, we'll get right into it. Uh, opening question is from Jamble Roy. Uh, happy coronation weekend to the panel. Looking back, what is your favourite game of the season? And what do you think is the most important of the league campaign? Hope the hangover is better than mine. Um... We're obviously going to do what we did last year, which was a quite a, a big success, was the season reviews, the four-part season review. We'll definitely do that again because I think everyone had a real um, great time going past, going back and looking over the season. We'll, we'll break it into chunks. Um, but this is a good kind of question to open up the, the day after we've won the title. Uh, Alan, we'll start with yourself. Um, what's your favourite game? What's the most important game? Talk about both. I think favourite game, it's going to be really, really tough to... Um to not pick the comfortable scudding of Rangers very early in the season. And I feel like we will talk about that a lot. Um, I think in terms of most important, I, I do think, and it probably is, it was not a pleasant game to watch, and I remember being particularly irate watching it um, and just frustrated more than anything. See the, the Aberdeen away game, um, just as the World Cup, I think it was the first game back after the World Cup. I watched it in uh, a pub in Cork. And horrible game to watch. Really, really frustrating. World Cup is obviously still on at that time as well, I think. Um, I think World Cup final is the next day. Yeah. But we didn't play well. But scoring late on, it just feels like it was just a continuation at that point of you You wonder maybe if the break will impact us and actually if you drop points against the Aberdeen team that were obviously struggling. So I think, um, I, think I would maybe plump for the Aberdeen um, Aberdeen away game always helps as well when it's your captain that digs you out it makes it feel a wee bit more special very late on what 87 minutes or so um, so I'm going to go for that because it just kept that forward momentum going even though we'd had a whatever it was three four week break so um, yeah I'm, I'm going to pick Callum McGregor and that moment up at Pitodre is probably one of the most crucial moments um, for me great stuff great pick Kieran yourself um, I think the, the obvious one aside from the Rangers thumping the star is the Dundee United game, and I did, I did. That was just really good fun. It's just you don't you don't often beat teams nine now. I think it is quite hard. I'm looking at the game, I've got the games up now, and there's some. I just keep forgetting. Oh yeah, we when we thumped Aberdeen four 0 we thumped St Johnston four one away. We just had like especially um, since January. You know, we've just produce really fun performances we've um i don't want to say desensitized but it has just become so normal for us to play really really good where um you know game performances like motherwell away like the first half yesterday 
you get quite annoyed by because it's just not to the usual exceptionally high standard. I think the a really important one um, was the two each Ibrox as well. Um, you know, it got not only for it got Kyogo finally off the mark against Rangers, not only for sealing um, or sealing the points uh, effectively. You know, like in in terms of the title race, but also for you know just just kickstarting the Bill's mental breakdown. That's <laughs> that's what that was. That was the that was the what was important for me as he's slowly crumbling and he's is now you know probably hopefully going to get booted by October because he just. Psychologically, can't beat Celtic and manage Postecoglou. So, yeah, I think, yeah, I think that was probably the most important I'd pick for. Uh, as me and Barry were saying on the weekend update um, about how the report, there's a gap. There's not a gap. There is a gap. No, there's not a gap. The gap's big. The gap's small. There's a small gap. It's just like shut the fuck up. <laughs> just shut up. No one cares. Um, see, the game I would pick would be. Let me take you back to Saturday, the eighth of October. At 12.30. At McDermott Park. Alan. We watched this game. With our good friend Eddie Walsh. Um, and it's the thing is like. Eddie came. Eddie was was, was staying, staying with us. And um, you know it's like. When you come over. We'll do some reactions and stuff. And in person. And it's great. And Eddie's like brilliant. Great. Can't wait for it. It's like the one reaction he had. At St. Johnson scored in the 93rd minute. And it was like, oh, for fuck's sake. Alan's like, I'm not doing a reaction. I'm going home. <laughs> and, all this. Um, and then obviously, Jack and Macca scores in the 95th minute. Um, you know, that was a game where we really didn't play well at all. Um, but you dig it out. And that's that's the thing about the Celtic team. There are certain teams I've seen in the past, whether it be Celtic or, you know, other teams in other leagues that, you know, look really pretty and play really well when they're on song but they don't necessarily have that grit or that determination or that character. And I think that's the perfect example of strip it all down and you just need character, especially in this league, especially when you go to places like, um, you know, St. Johnston away. And it summed up just everything about this squad and uh, I loved it. Alan? Yeah, I, I think that is a good shout actually because I think mainly for Eddie Walsh because it, if we hadn't have got that over the line, I think Eddie Walsh might have found himself excommunicated from the Celtic family um, because I think a couple of weeks before I had watched St Mirren Celtic at 7am over his side um, and Jack Dempsey's and it was obviously the one defeat domestically we've had this season. Then Eddie rocks up here a couple of weeks later and we drop points to St Johnson and it's either... It's either Eddie Walsh that goes or me, and I tell you what, I've got I've got roots and branches in this in this club, Eddie. So um, it was it was fortunate. Jack has saved Eddie Walsh. Yes, it's like a retro football book that will be published in twenty years. <laughs> it's not it's, it's not a bad title. It's not a bad title. Uh, great stuff. Uh, great opening question from Jambo Roy. As always, uh, he's uh, he asks great questions regular uh, to someone else who asks great questions regular. Liam. Um, so Liam's question's a, a little bit different. This year's title win has an interesting parallel to another point in history. In 1998, we stopped their 10, but they responded by winning two titles in a row and must have thought normal service was resumed. However, we appointed Martin O'Neill and the rest is history. We have just responded to them stopping our 10 with two in a row. How do we ensure we don't just assume 2021 was a blip? Is there a chance we'll get complacent or are you confident in Ange? I know the individual circumstances are different and I don't know I don't think they'll be spending O'Neill money 
I thought the parallel was interesting. It is an interesting parallel, and it's something I think um, we should probably talk about and bring to the fore. Uh, Kieran, what's your thoughts on that question? No, I think it's, it is really interesting. I hadn't thought about it before, but um, I do think there's definitely something you can take from it uh, in terms, you know, with when we won it under Janssen, we had the building blocks of a team there. You know, there were still some key players from that team who were there that Anil, um could build build around. Um, obviously, he's right. The, the circumstances are different in that. You know, yeah, we're not we're not going to like speculate over the money because they do keep finding some way to keep going. You know, their their shares maybe worth not the, the paper they're printed on, but you know, they still keep finding a way to have enough of a transfer budget to invest and go for their N three build or whatever. Um, so it's not going to be like that. And but, but interestingly as well that you know the, the spine of their team um, is from. Uh, the 2021 title win is going like the you know some big key players of the lot are leaving this summer. Um, so they are you know it's not levels of O'Neill, but I do think it is an important point for them is that I guess psychologically they they get to that stage where they they believe that they can have it where they can grind out results and become you know the mentality of title winners is something that is a bit more ingrained. I, I do think it does take either. From their perspective, it does take either the miracle that we had last uh, two summers ago, sorry, like in term in which it was a complete clusterfuck of a transfer window, but we did manage to get some good players in, and we got a genius manager in, and somehow we made that a successful rebuild to such an extent we miraculously won the league. Um, they either need to do that, like have the best transfer window ever to to get to get to where we to you know to bridge the gap as it were, or they bring in a manager of O'Neill's calibre, which Beal very clearly is not. Um I think that but I, I think that's an important point about complacency though. I don't think Ange I don't think that's in with Ange or the players. I think one thing, you know, they are always hunger for hungry for success. You know, fingers crossed, McGregor will be lifting his his first um treble as a Celtic captain, which will be brilliant and I'm he'll be really gunning for that but he'll want a second one next season they'll want to do everything they can and they'll also be wanting to not to actually contribute in Europe it's something we talk about all the time but it's very clear that Ange and the players and as well as the fans really want us to make an impact in Europe and that level of standards if you are performing at your best in Europe then you're going to be those standards apply to premiership as well at the domestic level that doesn't always apply, as we saw in the Lennon season when we got to the last 16 of the Champions League, but we're dropping points, you know, every couple of weeks. That's a it's a very different scenario when you've got Ange and these players who are so focused, they are so determined, and complacency is would you know, if you are complacent, you'll be dropped. I think that's very clear. I think what's something we always touch on, what we've been touching on the last few weeks as we think about how exciting the next Champions League will be. Will there be some complacency at, you know, from the board, as we've historically seen, that's um, I, you know, after after Seville, after the Invincible season, after Rangers went down, uh, that's historically been how we've acted, where we've just consolidated a position and then we've, you know, suffered for it. Um, maybe not in you know in the short term because uh, you know after the Invincible season we still won leagues. Uh, after after Seville we won the next season. 
you know, we still won leagues after Rangers went down. But ultimately, that sort of just closing up shop, being happy with what you have, it did lead to long-term decline. So that's where I'm a little concerned about. But we have to be optimistic and hopefully they will see they've got something special with Ange and this core players and they want to build in that and actually try and do something more actually building on what we already have rather than just saying, this is good enough. We'll bring in a couple of you know, project signings for the future and we'll be otherwise fine because that's where you know, the Rangers team could potentially supplant us. Uh, I think that's an excellent point about complacency in the boardroom rather than on the the, the pitch or by the manager. Alan, your your thoughts? Yeah, I I think just exactly that second point. Um, And I think maybe another, you know, um, element of it is is not trying to think, well, let's be X amount of percent better than Rangers or X amount of points better off than Rangers because then that puts a limit on... I think what you can do, and I think, I think I've said a few times now, and I'll probably talk about it a lot between now and next season. Um, I think it's important that we do see a tangible improvement in European performance, not just so that we feel good about it, and you know it's great, and we feel like we're a wee bit closer to the top teams. But I think actually, if you want the board not to hit that point of complacency where they feel actually we don't want to put more in than we think we'll get back. I think you need to see progress and they would need to see that and think, well, actually, if Ange does, you know, I think it's interesting that the, the point that's made in the original question is they don't see Rangers spending O'Neill money. There's a big question mark over whether Celtic will spend O'Neill level money. Um, and I think that is an element that if there was to be, you know, real success in the Champions League and by that, I mean, relative success, potentially finishing third, um, maybe even qualifying second if you're really, really you know, lucky and you do really well, then I think the board could look at it and say, well, this manager has shown that he can take us a step further than, you know, the previous manager who achieved, you know, similar success. Um, so I think that would be very important. If we don't, then I'm probably similar to Kieran that I would worry that they would... I think the club has a history if you look at it and it's, it's not me being critical of the board. It's just, I think it is, you know, fairly factual. We have years of tremendous financial success, but we do have a tendency to then pull back from that and try and save some of that almost, you know, save away for a kind of rainy day, if you like. And, um, you know, you don't know who your next manager will be, all these things. So I think success in Europe would be a huge help because it would then force their hand to continue to back the manager um, who has had, in my opinion, fairly modest requests in terms of his personnel um, relative to other managers. So I think European success is huge for it and not just using Rangers as a barometer of, you know, if you're five points better than Rangers, then that's success. Actually, that's one element of it. Another element is, you know, being a competitive team in Europe and having more games of football. And I think we all would like to... um, to do away with the start of, you know, the last knockout game being Barcelona back in 2004. Um, I think that needs to go and needs to go, you know, very, very soon. So I think those are key elements. But um, what Rangers do is out of our hands entirely. So let's not compare ourselves directly with them. Yeah, what I would say on it is, uh, you know, you see stuff um, like on social media, people just like, because of how Twitter Twitter's a basket case, fire fucking storm now but like sometimes you click Elon Musk eh? <laughs> bloody what did I, what, what, a ba- what a bastard am I right what? trying to deny the fact that he owned an emerald mine is mental as well uh, anyway um, so 
see uh, on that you, you sometimes have that sort of like it's the for you thing and it's all usually kind of right-wing fascism for some <laughs> unbelievable reason but um and, and talking of right-wing fascism there's some rangers fans on it and um they, a lot of them have you see a lot of them like talking about like we need to you know what what celtic did or blah 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 but we need to do that let's go and let's go and get someone like Ange Postacoglu. and i've seen people talking about as if like circumstances are always the same in that situation Ange Postacoglu is an incredible football football manager who was flying under the radar a little bit because he was in japan and not in a major european league and the fact of the matter is the people thinking let's just go and do what they did He's an exceptional talent. Martin O'Neill was an exceptional talent. You know, he ran Dick Advocate out of town, who was supposed to be this, you know, big tactical, you know, genius and blah, blah, blah. Martin O'Neill ran him out of town. Do you know what I mean? Like, the idea that you can just go and pick up something, like, let's just go and get that and that'll work because the circumstances might... Let's go and get Kevin Muscat because he was the manager of fucking FK Mourinho's or whatever. Like, are you fucking crazy, Alan? It would just continue the notion that it is the Dortmundification, Dortmundification of Rangers, which I do enjoy. It's maybe oversimplified, but I do enjoy it. You know, just that, yeah. Why don't you do what a big team does? <laughs> Go and get a yeah, first-class manager and, you know, unearth these incredible talents that he knows because of his experience in those leagues. It's it's very difficult, even when we talk about what we'll do transfer-wise, you know, and a lot of the questions that we, you know, we'll get sometimes are, you know, do we think we'll go back into the Japanese market? And I think we all said it very, very, I think everyone, I don't think it was a salient point, you know, there's no pats in the back for it. You probably had two, three windows to really not get the best talent, because I'm sure there's exceptional talent that will continue to come through in the J-League, but I think you've even seen it, and Ange kind of alluded to it recently when he talked about, you know, Brighton um, managing to get Matoma. It's very difficult to do that business because as soon as people see that you do it, clubs all over Europe, especially clubs that are switched on and on the ball, will look at it and then think actually we'll we'll have a bit of that action that's obviously the skills are very transferable um, yeah. but we, we were there first so kind of it's, you've got a very, very short window to do these things. Very, very short. And the idea that they can just go and get, well, we'll take another similar Ange type, you know, Ange light, and we'll just take the players. And it's, it's really, if it was that easy, then we wouldn't have been, you know, one of the kind of trailblazers for it um, in the UK. So, yeah, good luck with that. Yeah, the funny thing is, it's like, remember when we used to sell people to Southampton, like every fucking transfer when we sold, and like Southampton were like the club that you go you go to Southampton if you do well. You'll go, you know, obviously Van Dyke and and, and Wanyama and Foster as well. Um, it kind of feels like you know the J League. Um, you know, a lot of clubs would basically see how a player that's came from the J League has done. Like Germany was a good breeding ground at one point, and I think it still is for for Japanese players and and, and South Korean players to go there, do pretty well, and then you know a bigger club either in Germany or in kind of the, the one of the top five leagues would pick them up. Obviously, uh, it happened in Italy as well. But now it's like they're just going to the source. You know, and that that's like, that, that's what we've did. We've went to the source and we've realised, actually, we can make these players, you know, work. They don't need the experience of playing in a, in, in a different league. Uh, on that, on what you're saying, Alan, um, Ange Poster- I feel like, sorry, Chris, I really feel like I want to jam in the phrase here, give a man a fish. And he like for a day or teach a man. I don't know. That, that maybe works in there somehow. Give a man a map, and yeah. he will draw on it, and <laughs> he'll go on holiday. I don't know. Like you know, and he'll um, 
He'll go we'll to come back to this. There's something in this. Something. There's real, real gold in here. I mean, I was ready to ditch it, but okay, Alan, we'll come back to it. Um, Celtic boss Ange Postecoglou um, uh, revealed plans to go back into the Asian market uh, this summer. He was quoted as saying, I think the ones we've had at the club definitely help, uh, not just because we're signing players and giving them an opportunity, but the players' experience helps too. The best feedback you can get is from a person who's involved. All the players who've come here have appreciated how welcoming everyone is, um, how the club's looked after them, how they've enjoyed their time in the city, and how the fans have embraced them. That's better ammunition for us in terms of selling who we are. This is all great than just trying to tell people we, what we can provide. It's coming straight from the people involved, and I think that's been tremendously helpful. The core of the squad won't change next season. We're looking at areas where we can strengthen, and I think there are a couple at least. But going into a summer window, you never know who, where else you might be affected. So what we're going to do is make sure we're ready, whatever the outcome is. Our goal is to come out of the next window stronger than we go into it. Keeping those words, those thoughts, we'll talk about Kobayashi when we cover the Hearts game and stuff. Um, what, what's your kind of take on that? Well, firstly, I've got to say, did, did anyone see the uh, the Daily Stars uh, coverage of of this? Where they they got they got the headline Eastern Promise, and then the subheader Ange, we'll get best Asians. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> which, is, uh, which I had a good hearty chuckle at. Um, that was a lot them. better than I expected <laughs> when you mentioned the Daily Star. I really thought, oh, I don't know, don't like where this is going. Uh, but I just think that I just uh, that was that when, was that when you were yeah. reading over it uh, over breakfast as you do on a daily basis, Kieran? <laughs> yeah, yeah, my it just it just landed through my letterbox there. It's, um, it's terrible what's happened. Just, it's terrible what's happened to page three as well. And I know you're disappointed about that. Uh, well, yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll leave my my views unaired. <laughs> <laughs> unaired. No, I, I don't. I feel comfortable about this bit. I'm going to move. Well, well, let's move on. Yeah, <laughs> like 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 the headline. It's not really worked out the way I think uh, we expected. Um, but yeah, you know, no, it's it's good and it's right. Like we do have that connection, and I do think, apart from Eddie Gucci, we've been really successful there. You know, I think it's by my, you know, you know, uh, uh, you know, Maeda had a tricky day yesterday, but you know, I think him, Hadati, and Kyogo have been three of the best signings made under Ange. They were, you know, the three main ones. And then Awata and Kobayashi again. You know, Kobayashi didn't have the best of times yesterday, but I think they've clearly had a lot of promise there, and they clearly have plans going forward. It just it just makes sense. And given like how the relative fees as well, you know, like we've been talking about how excited we'd be if you know we committed six, seven, eight million quid to three big players this summer, and using that as a statement of intent. And that would be exciting. I, I'd be delighted with it as well. Um, but we do we can also get players of that quality for you know a quarter of that price <laughs> um, in in these markets. You know, I think that that is, that is possible um, if we have the right recruitment and we have the right contacts as Ange does. So I, I think it's absolutely spot on, and I do think it's interesting. I'm I'd be curious to see whether it will be the J League specifically, or whether we'll you know branch out not just to South Korea, but other domestic leagues like Iran um, has is quite a strong domestic league relative to the rest of Asia as well. So I think you know, and it's quite there's quite a lot of opportunities there. And uh, young Lowell, Mark Lowell, these are the areas where he specialises in the, with these these markets that aren't European. This is where he really is strong identifying um, players and targets, and it's it's working out for us. I think I think it's good. I, mean, I was thinking it's just going to be a weird. 
it's turned into a weird situation where we're becoming like the um you know the Asian football globe trotters <laughs> with all, we're getting all the best players from Asia and under Beal they're going really hardcore Brexit English they're yeah. just getting all these like championship English players in it's going to be a next season could be quite weird if we end up like starting a game with six or seven Asian players and they've got all guys called like Todd and Ben <laughs> and stuff like that it's going to be a yeah it's going to be a funny funny old time um See, I just don't quite. I, this is kind of a, a wee diversion back to uh, the kind of post-title um, win yesterday. Um, and just quoted the saying: uh, "All the players who've been here have appreciated how welcoming everyone's been. Of course, how the clubs looked after them. I would just, I would just say, in future, to if, if anyone's listening from the club, that maybe someone should have told the players not to drive onto London Road." Um, as so what happened was i don't know if you know about this keenan but the players drove out of the car park into london road when all the fans were there um and it caused a bit of a commotion um mm. it just i think somebody could have went here go at the back entrance or, or the front entrance or whatever the entrance is that isn't right onto london road because haxabanovich was fucking loving it he, <laughs> he was him and alistair johnson and lot was loving it but my head had his wee kids in the car and he seemed a bit kind of like oh jesus um and mm-hmm. kind of sped off but um i, I just thought i'd just thought i'd raise that the the other alternative was because we walked past that we seen haxabanovich etc and that, that it was the car was absolutely surrounded <laughs> but we went up the other way that you could go out is up parkhead crossway um and there was a load of guys we were me and my dad were sitting in the five ways having a beer and um a guy came in and shouted, Ange Postacoglu and Jota are sitting at the lights. Now, you know Parkhead <laughs> Cross, the lights are quite... You wait a while there, yeah. and you just seen people just flooding out to go and... <laughs> Leave you know, them and everything. <laughs> it, was, it was nice. So, I, I think maybe next year, um, hopefully, we have this luxury of discussing tactics for title parties. Um, and maybe maybe the players just leave your cars. Then you can, you know, have a, a have couple a of cans of beer, you know, uh, go for it. You can tell the difference between a f- professional footballer's mentality, though, than our mentality. We're thinking, well, just leave your car, then you can have a beer. <laughs> Whereas they're thinking, nah, I'd like to go home, home yeah, comforts, and, exactly. you know, get, get my recovery and my sleep in. Did you see some, it? some boys. Losers. Some boys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, how think they, just think how well they do if they were drinking. Alcohol. Mm. Yeah, it looked like they did a couple of pints before the game yesterday, <laughs> but we'll get there. I'm sure yeah. we'll get there. Uh, shout out to Mister uh, Mister Edgar Allen's father, who uh, we had some drinks with. He's a, he's a very charming man, and I uh, just wanted to give him a wee shout out. Um, in regards to other piece of news, um, and had someone asked Ange about you know his place in Celtic's kind of you know the echelons of managers, and someone asked him about Jockstein. Um, and he replied, firstly, I'm not in that ballpark, mate. I'm not even in the suburb, that estate. And I'm I'm well on the far outskirts of Big Jock standing. Um, I don't take that, talking about the, the game that went over Rangers at Hamden. I don't take that for granted either. The way the supporters have got behind this team and by extension got behind me, not just this year, but from the beginning of last year, it's been truly special. I felt they embraced me and willed me to have success here. Uh, they want to be successful because it means their football club is successful, not just for me. The way the football club has embraced my whole family, particularly the supporters, it was he's, be, he's became. There's been a kind of outflooding of emotion recently, and I think it's really, really great to see because you know um, you look at him and you know he's quick and he's witty and he's quite funny, but he's quite guarded. 
and I've really enjoyed him kind of dropping his guard a little bit and you know being quite emotional I just wanted this is what he said after uh, when he came out yesterday uh, to the stadium Ange what words have you got for the thousands of Celtic fans that have gathered here to welcome you champions again I just love this. I thought I thought he spoke more. To be honest, I just realised all he says is champions. Um, but there you go. It's like um, in the Simpsons when uh, the guy comes out and says, "I'm not one for public speaking," and then just walks off. <laughs> no, he says, "I'm a man of few words." Oh, they're not thereabouts. And then he goes, "Any questions?" <laughs> Which is very um, but yeah, I mean. Uh, Kieran, you you must have you know it's been good to see him just kind of embrace, enjoy, and kind of outpour and shows. He wears his heart in his sleeve a lot of the time, but you often don't see it as kind of in this sort of way. Yeah, I think I think so. I think it, it's it's interesting to see him have this like emotional response, which because uh, we're Celtic Celtic fans and football fans, we like to catastrophize. And I saw some people thinking that's maybe because he's off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, yes. <laughs> oh, masochism feels oh. so good. Uh, <laughs> um, but let's just pretend that's not any possibility. Um, just, yeah, I think it's, it, it is really nice. And I just, I think it's one of those things. We really like him the way the, the distance, sort of the professional distance he maintains from the players because it gives that that capacity to be objective and to just do his job without, you know, emotionally complicating it. But at the same time, it's it's really nice. It's just being, being able to engage with him. As, as you say, it's, we enjoy the, the quick one-liners and the way he handles uh, the press and just it doesn't very deadpan. It is in the same way that it's almost like cathartic for him to have that sort of the way he broke down a bit was also cathartic for us, and it 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 just I think it builds that connection because he clearly cares so much and he is so authentic and so sincere that you know it's coming from a real place, like a real this this means the world to him. This opportunity, he might he's not going to be here forever. Who knows what this summer holds or the summer after it, but. For what it, what's happening right now, it's he, he's loving every second of it, and I think he takes great pride in what he's done and the connection with the supporters that he's built. And it's just a really lovely, lovely moment. I, I, I did I did tear up when I saw the, the interview he did with Sky as well. That was that was beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Alan, just kind of your quick thoughts on that. It's um, it's just he's some man. Eh? Yeah, and I think hearing the the words that Kieran's used to describe him are pretty spot on. Sincere, genuine. Um, everyone will have probably heard folk that through one reason or another have maybe bumped into him or, you know, have had the opportunity to, to speak to him and he, he's a class act, he really is. And he treats what I like, probably if you're trying to pick out what you really like about him, um, which is obviously a nice topic of discussion. I like that he, the way he appreciates what it means to fans um, because he says it a lot and, you know, he says that you know. I think the the quote previously where he'd said about you know people have got a lot going on in their lives and um, that might be the case. It might not be the case. You might you know live the life of Riley, but just really like watching Celtic win. But he's respectful towards that, and I think he gets a lot out of the fact that he can bring 
I mean, you see the joy that he brings to people um, on days like yesterday. So I, I like that because I like that he um, articulates that quite regularly. Um, and it, as Kieran says, it brings that connection together. But um, I, I did think he maybe said a lot more yesterday. Maybe the audio just hasn't captured it. But um, it was it was nice being that at the time. We could not hear a single word they were saying because of where we were standing. But I didn't really care, to be honest. I could see him and I could see he was happy. That's all I needed to know. <laughs> I could see he was happy a little bit. Uh, just uh, before we move on to the Hearts game, um, there is one piece of kind of transfer. It's not news. It's just there's been a link um, between Celtic and 28-year-old striker uh, Simon Lodarski, who is being compared to Lewandowski, which... You know, it's that kind of thing where the best striker in the country, you're always going to have that comparison. You know, how many Maradonas, new Maradonas did we have? Uh, you know, Eddie Otto. Brian Gold. We remember the, uh, the East Lothian Messi. Or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Fucking hell. Um, but uh, your man Fabrizio Romano was on a, a sports show in Poland. I'm not going to read all the quotes, but he just said that he's a very talented boy. They're looking at him with, he has a potential of Lewandowski and how he plays. is very exciting. I hear that there are several cl- clubs monitoring him for a summer transfer, such as Celtic and Elect Freiburg and some Serie A clubs. Um, three and a half million quid. He's 20 years old. You know, ticks a lot of the boxes. I've not seen him. I'm sure you haven't seen him either. But that's the first link. And I'm sure there'll be plenty, plenty more of it. So it's the type of thing where, you know, you j- you're starting to get... Out. Let's... Let's sell this boy. Let's have buzz. You know, Fabrizio Romano. You know, there's probably not a lot in it, but we'll see what happens. But we are being, Alan, we have been linked. Um, if, if you take that as a link in Adverticom, as him and there was another player uh, last week as well. We talked about both strikers. Do you think that is a key position we need to strengthen or do you think it's something that they'll put on the back burner? I think it's uh it's definitely an area that would be open for discussion. I don't think it's I don't think it would be priority one, but I think um I think the last you know four games, five games of the season but I think will be instructive because whether O is able to make the kind of impact that he obviously did yesterday, if he's able to make that um, a recurring theme and he's able to push Kyogo harder than he is at the moment. And he is just very new in the door. I think, I think maybe people are going cold on O a little bit too quickly, maybe. Um, because we've seen very, very little of him and he's been nasty come into games at times when it's very difficult to have any meaningful impact. But he had an impact yesterday. He looks like the kind of player that will thrive off scoring goals. I think if he can do that more regularly, I think it will give comfort. If the adjustment for him is going to be a lot longer and that learning curve is going to be um, take a little bit longer, then I think it is an area that you would look at. Kyogo has had a tendency to pick up injuries. Um, I think both years now we've had periods where we've had to go without him. Um, and he is 29 um, as well, which, you know, is just, I'm not saying anything other than it's just something to be aware of. So I think... Um, Teams live and die by uh, the quality of your your attackers. I think in the Champions League, teams will live and by live and die by the potency of their attackers as well. So um, I think it, at this point, it might look like a huge ask to you know think that O could push Kyogo to be a legitimate starter. So I think in that basis, you would want um, another one in. I think when you look at it as well, that there is no one. Be- we don't have even a young player coming no. through behind those no. two. 
which is maybe an area where you could look at and see, you know, me, Kieran, yourself, we talk about it a lot about, you know, pathways. If we did have someone like that, then there probably would be the potential for them to fill that slot. There's not even a candidate, there's not even a name. And I, I know Johnny, that's Johnny maybe, Kenny. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, and I, that's not, I, I don't like being mean, enough, but there isn't anyone there that's able to even be you know worth including um, in the first team squad at this point. So yeah, I think it is an area that you know you will be looking to do. I think you will be thinking about who is going to be the Celtic striker for the next two three years. And look, I'd love it to be Kyogo, and I'd love it to be Kyogo at this standard. Football doesn't work like that. We all know that. It's an unspoken thing that we maybe don't need to even verbalise, especially at this point in the season. But I think it is an area that we will be looking at. I don't think it's the number one priority, but I do think, as Ange said in those quotes that you read out, that it's about being prepared for every eventuality um, and making sure that you don't get caught cold. So that does require then a bit of, um, you know, about thinking on the club's part. So I wouldn't be surprised if we're, you know, in these discussions, and especially around about that kind of fee, three and a half million, that's not the kind of money that then means, you know, one of the other guys has to go. I, I, what I think, and I'll bring Kieran in on, on, on this point as well. What I think is interesting is how, so you mentioned about people maybe going a little bit cold on O, or maybe just maybe thinking you might not be able to cut the mustard, even though it's such a kind of short period of time. I think with Ange and the players they've brought in, Almost to a man at this point, they've hit the ground running. Like, as in, you know, really, really strong. There's the odd player that maybe hasn't, you know, what do you call him? Um, the Japanese player who went back on loan. I can't even remember his name. Ediguchi. Ediguchi, for example. It, it didn't really work out with him. You could put that down to a number of reasons. But, you know, guys like Alistair Johnson coming in in, in January and going straight into a derby and then just keeping his place. Guys like, you know, Hatati and Matt O'Reilly and Kyogo and Abada. It's like almost the standards are so high in terms of expectation that if a player comes in who's a little bit younger and a little bit raw and has one great game and then has a maybe a, a poorer game and then you know he's going up and down because that's the nature of young young players coming in. Keenan, essentially what I'm saying is our is our expectations of new signings coming in a little too high in that regard, or is that the standards of Celtic? It's kinda of hard to kind of figure out. Yeah, I think it's it's always I guess the thing with all there are two caveats, I guess, is that he, I think I've mentioned before, he only had one season of top flight football before we signed him. Like, he, because the way that Asian, well, East Asian le- leagues like uh, Korea and Japan, you know, you know they, they tend to develop late. They've, Korea especially, they've got military service they have to do. You know, they don't really become first team regulars until they're 20, 21, whereas, you know, here that's 18, 19, there is that two year delay. We are effectively getting a guy who's maybe 19, 20 in his development, even if he's aged 22. He, he doesn't look, obviously, he's, he's physically really robust and he's, he's really, you know, suit, stylistically suits Scottish football. But I do think he, he is clearly raw. I thought he was really good after he came on. I think there was one flick on to... Um, I can't remember, Jota. I think that was just class. There, there was just that where he just his first time, and it was you know a good twenty five yards or so. He just pinged it over perfectly, and I was just I was just thinking, you know, I love Kyogo, but he probably he can't do it to that effect where he's like shrugging off a guy. You know, like he's he's really good. His one touch football is really good, but that but I've mentioned it before. Like 
it was the same. Jack and Marcus didn't had it either. We we were really missing that player who had both technique and physicality because the with Kyogo and Jack and Marcus it was one or the other. So I think it's 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 just refreshing to have that, and I think he's got so much quality there. It is just going to, I think it is just going to take time, and I think maybe there was the expectation because we sold uh you know uh professional at his peak in, in Jack and Marcus. Maybe there's an expectation that this guy would just hit the ground running and be scoring 25, 30 goals a season and be and be good and, and, and you know, be consistently good. But it's just not what we signed up for with him. And I think it's maybe a case of we just have to be, you know, realistic with some some of these players adapting. Because I, mean, I think we forget that, you know, Maeda's had his ups and downs. Um, you know, Hatate had that spell towards the end of the last season where he just he was just really struggling it takes time to to adapt and yeah i think i'm i'm quite excited about what he can do i think there's so much there there's a real player there who can who can go on and become great and he's the he needs to rein in the diving person or get better at it one or the other um but i I think yeah i think it i think the other guy we're looking at was his vargas uh the guy from in greece yeah who looks good i think I'm, i'm quite excited about about these links i think the one, the Vargas guy was quite interesting, I think, because he was like, um, he was left footed but plays on the right, which is a player we just don't really have. Um, you know, Abad is quite comfortable in his left, but not too much. And yeah, I think somebody who I'd quite like personally, if we're, unless we're selling, you know, if Abad is the only forward player we sell this summer, I would quite like somebody who can play across that front three and be comfortable with it, you know. <laughs> Something you know, Mans maybe thinks Kyogo can do that. He can't. <laughs> he is a striker. Uh, so I think so. I'd quite like somebody who's who can maybe deputise there if needed, and but you know, can also play in on the on the right. I think that'd be quite nice. Uh, I liked your use of the phrase "pinged it over perfectly." Pinged it over perfectly. Pinged it over perfectly. I love it, Kieran. Uh He's got four goals in sixteen games, which you know. Uh, he's not starting these games. He's coming on as a sub almost kind of every game, so it's not a bad turnaround. Um, you know, we'll, we'll look at it. Alan, let's kind of jump into the, the game yesterday. We, we did the reaction and um, uh, straight after the game, it's obviously been 24 hours later. What's your kind of thoughts on uh, the game yesterday against Hearts that we... Well, no, I should do my impression of uh, uh, Stephen A. Smith. Uh, nah, I won't. I won't he's, he's, he is very nasally. Um, yeah, it's a bit of work to be done there, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for uh, I mean... Yeah, it, it wasn't a pleasant game of football to watch. It was um, really, really poor standard from both teams. Hearts, I think, probably the narrative will rightly be that they pushed Celtic hard. There's no quality in the game. There's no quality in the game from either no. team. Um, and the onus is absolutely on us. I talked about it the week before. The onus is on us. We're usually the protagonist. We're the aggressor in these situations. Just didn't play football yesterday. Played really, really poorly, and um, I don't. Th- I think there's. You see if you win, and the team have shown that they can win and play badly, which is great, and that's a really, really helpful thing to have. I think that's actually something that's improved a lot over Angie's time here, um, to the extent that you know we do it. We've done it quite a bit recently, um, but I think the context of it. <sighs> Might you might allow a little bit of the context in. I'm sure Ange won't. He won't see it as any different. But I think a couple of players look quite tired. And I think Kieran mentioned Maeda. To be honest, he looked a bit flat on his feet. And I think the um, maybe the exertions um, at Hamden looked like they've maybe taken their toll a little bit because I thought he looked really just... Sometimes you can see 
he wants to do something and then he tries it and you just know that it's not coming off for him and it's not for any other but you feel like he just doesn't quite have the, the energy um, although he makes a good uh, show of hiding it to be fair because his running is exceptional but just the quality then that needs to come with it yeah. wasn't it I think there was a lot of players like that you know the amount of players waiting for the ball which is a huge frustration I think you've seen the manager I think did well to hide his frustration um, and I think actually you know I don't think we'll be talking about the game too long I wouldn't be surprised if the reason he didn't make his changes so quickly was actually you know how sometimes you get a vibe from a manager that they're actually thinking no oh, these players kind of they're going to get us out of it you give them the opportunity as opposed to just saying well I'll change them out you kind of leave them out there and think no I need to see better. Um, I kind of felt like that yesterday as opposed to just the routine changes. Yeah. Just not a great game. Um, obviously, the Hearts getting a player sent off kind of probably helps. Do you think it was a red um, card, Alan? Yeah, I think, I, I think I'd be fairly... I, I wouldn't be ecstatic about it if it obviously happened to a Celtic player, but he gets himself in a daft position. It doesn't really matter how good... I, get sick and tired to be honest of hearing Andy Walker oh, complaining I genuinely man. never thought he was going to come out and commentate for the second half <laughs> when he just <laughs> said oh, that's ruined. the game ruined the um, it genuinely it's as if he you know, was annoyed what was happening yesterday he, he gets himself in a daft position the speculation over well it's a really you know my idea's got to take a touch and finish and he's like yeah it's a goal scoring opportunity uh, sorry uh, you know, it doesn't matter if you if you pull down a centre half do you then say well he's a centre half he would never take a touch and score the expression is goal scoring opportunity. Um, they kind of, incred- how incredulous they were, I think was a wee bit disingenuous, if I'm honest, from Stephen Naismith, which you would expect. Um, they always look soft, those ones, so you always think, ah, oh, that's harsh. And it is, but the alternative is you just don't fill the player and you say, go and score. Um, so it changed the game a little bit, maybe. I, I don't think the second half would have panned out any differently, if I'm being entirely honest. Maybe they would have had more of an attacking threat. Just wasn't pleasant to watch. I was so glad to get it over the line. Yeah. No follow-up questions, please, Chris, on that <laughs> game for me. Um, I thought that, um, what do you call him? I thought Andy Walker was so angry that he was going to say, that's it, back to Winnipeg. <laughs> <laughs> Fun very good yeah, well done uh, Kieran uh, Kobe, Kobe Ashi, the floor is yours um, so actually I rewatched some of it, some of the game yesterday and I feel like his, him being shit is a bit overstated he had a few misplaced passes um, I thought he was and, I thought he was alright I, 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 th- I, think, I think he was actually yeah I think he defensively he had that one made that one foul but I think it was defensively he made some it was pretty good, and he's. I think he's good positionally. Like, positionally. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm really. Kieran, you 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 have got whiplash from your turnaround from yesterday. <laughs> I, I think I I was just like caught up in the narrative that he was shite. I think, uh, and I was just uh, maybe a bit traumatized and a little, a little, a little let down personally. But uh, I, no, no, I feel I feel more. Uh, uh, what's the defiant this morning uh, or this afternoon? Is it? Out. And yeah, I think it was also it was the weird thing where you were saying like he was tr- he was trying to play it from the back at speed and he, he misplaced and he was giving the ball away a few times through that. It was and it was this weird thing where that was where we were giving the ball away that way, and then you had Hart, Ralston, and Starfelt just punting it to Hart's centre backs, and we were giving the ball away that way as well. So it was just this weird disconnect where we're trying to play out, and it's the right idea, but the execution is off. And then, but then we're also doing do the wrong idea, which is just punting it, and the execution's off there as well. <laughs> so yeah. it was just like I think it was this weird thing where 
I actually thought the midfielders were pretty good yesterday, O'Reilly especially, and Hitate had that one moment of quality, which was just superb for the goal. And, uh, you know, I felt like it was the, the wide players weren't really doing much in the back line. The, the entire back four, well, yeah, yeah, they were <laughs> struggling a bit. Um, so, yeah, I think we just move on. I think it's one that, like, is sort of like that malaise that Alan talks about when that many individual players have an off day. And when you could really see seven, eight of them were really quite poor, then you can just you can just put it down to a bad day or a bad collective. Because, you, you know, when your teammates are playing well, that enables you to play well as well. So I think that's just something maybe that, yeah, we can put it off to the day. And we just, yeah, we just didn't look, deal well with Hearts aggression. It, it, it just like maybe that was a bit of concern that we really did struggle with because that's the the first time in a long time we've had so many presses that aggressively. Even even Rangers don't do it quite to that extent. And we maybe that's with an eye on the Champions League next season. You're maybe a bit worried about that, but there's so much football to play before then, and there's you know an entire transfer window to maybe address those concerns. Plus, you can just say ah, it, it was an off day. And but, but to to be fair, I thought both goals were excellent. I thought both goals were really, really high quality. Some excellent football was played and two really nice finishes, one-touch one touch finishes as well. I think O's has maybe unfairly gone under, under the radar because I think he, because it is quite close range, but he actually, the way he like shapes his leg to wrap the ball around it to get in it, it's a really good finish. Yeah. Like it's quite tough to, to pull that off. And, you know, I think like, yeah, Hitate for the first goal is just unreal. Like, I just did this... The run, the the pass, the the touch he takes, oh, he's just he's just great. He's just uh, he's just a brilliant player. Um, what I would say is, uh, you know, it's funny because again, kind of this idea of um, you know, can you know, Samani brings it up quite a bit, and and it's a fair point about you know, can Kobayashi defend? Um, and there was a couple of points yesterday where I felt he got a little bit uh, physically overpowered. Um, it's the nature of this league, and you know what? We talk about how we need players to come and to learn and. Oh, the Scottish League isn't like Japan. Yeah, it's not. So give him this opportunity to kind of bed in and find his feet. Um, I don't think he was particularly good yesterday. I don't think he was particularly bad. He made a couple of errors. So did everyone. So I think it's... I wouldn't, I wouldn't be no way writing Kobe. You know, next week is huge. You know, to start... And, the, I, and also, I woke up this morning. I totally forgot we're playing Rangers on Saturday. It's crazy. But um, playing Rangers at Ibrooks. Is huge, and if he comes away from that game, because we always talk about how you know that's the game where they give our centre halves the ball and all that. If he if he stars in that game next week or performs really really highly, everyone will forget this game because it was just an end of season affair, and you know he's got games to kind of bed himself in. I'm looking forward to seeing more of him. I want to see more Awata. Give me some Awata, please, because uh, God, I love that guy, uh, and give me more um, Haksabanovic. Um, and if you don't, I'll be really upset, Andrew. Uh, the Celtic game uh, against Hearts, uh, the one that won the league, uh, full reaction is available on in your feed. Um, check it out. It was a joy to record. Um, and uh, yeah, I got, we got some questions. Uh, question, and we're going to briefly, we might we might briefly touch on the Rangers game because we've got a week to build up to it. So um, yeah, it's good to kind of just, 
enjoy the moment as we are at the mo- this point. Uh, Patrick McHugh, uh, after a great weekend, I wondered whether Ange should consider throwing some of the guys who have been subs recently into the starting eleven at Ibrooks to gain some experience in these games. I'm thinking Awata, Haksabanovic and O would be good bets for this. All of these guys could find themselves starting in Champions League games next season and so this could be a good chance to hone their skills under pressure. I think that's a really good point. Um, Alan, what's your take on Patrick's question? Yeah, I think um, to be honest, I don't think it's I don't think it's unreasonable to think that that those guys are in the mix anyway. Um, I, I wouldn't say uh, probably unlikely that he makes all three of those start. I think it probably you might see a couple of guys come in and out, but they've largely been in and around the rotation anyway. So I don't um, to start to start all three of them in in that game would be a bit of a kind of indicator. I think, though. Yeah, it would be that he's thinking, actually, I need to see how these guys can handle this scenario, this pressure. And I, I do think there's value in that. Um, I think it would be more, I think it would be more kind of outlandish if you were to start, you know, you know, thinking maybe guys like Burnaby and you were, you know, having that discussion. And I don't think the manager will do that. But I think you will see that the guys who are likely to be there next year, you know, as far as we're aware, that he will want to give them the opportunity, providing, you know, they, they can cut it. I think if you don't see much of these guys, as in starting over, you know, the next four or five games, I do think it would be a wee bit indicative that yeah, we definitely do need to strengthen and recruit. Um, so I think I think it's likely you see at least one of those guys starting at the weekend. Um, I think he will use it as an opportunity to see what they're made of and how they handle that scenario, and that he believes that they're good enough, which is obviously a really important part of it. I think there would be a bit more outlandish if you started to see maybe other guys that haven't featured at all coming in. Yeah. Guys like David Turnbull, Burnaby. That would be more indicative that he feels actually that he's going to use a couple of games for rest and give guys some minutes. I just don't see it happening in this game on Saturday. I think Haksibanovic, Awata, certainly. I could see them in and around at Aaron Moy. All these guys have been there and around the team largely for the last three months anyway. So it wouldn't shock me at all um, to see them starting. Um, if all started over Kyogo, I would probably be surprised, but I would welcome it as well. Good opportunity, you know. It's especially for a striker coming on as off the bench is really, really difficult. Um, and whatever the circumstance, so if it was to start, it would be a real opportunity for him. So, look, whatever team comes out on Saturday, um, genuinely, I'll just, I'll just wash over me. Um, I know, <laughs> I don't mean that in a you know, removed emotionless distant way. I just think there's so many opportunities in whatever side he goes with. I kind of think, yeah, well, there'll be a point made regardless and hopefully, um, you know, we can get a positive outcome from it. But yeah, I would like to see, I think Haksabanovic is the one, I had a wee chuckle there when you said, yeah, we want to see more Haksabanovic. Uh, he's a player for me that he's, he needs to do more, like a lot more, I think, if he wants to be a starter in this team. Shut up, Alan. No, oh, look, because we're all crowding around his car, he's our best pal. Everyone hates you, Alan. Mm, yeah, Pagsimanovich will. They talk about you behind your back. Anyway, oh. sorry, I'm only joking. You know, too far, too far. Everyone loves you, Alan, and you, Keaton. Um, question for who's you, Keaton. Who's Alfie Morelos, by the way? Tiri, Tiri. Oh, you pal. Big uh, Alfie. I know, it's a shame. Is, was it confirmed yesterday that he's leaving? I I think I, I, I saw that, but I didn't know if it was like just someone taking the... You can never I think tell. The, the Bielmeister General um, certainly 
seem to suggest that. So, like, it's, it's like, well, that statement will be out in due course. Me, Alfie, and Jim, Jim Trainer will get together and put together a statement. That'll be. And I'll that's, be a, that's a sitcom. I <laughs> and I'll be full of dignity and cool, cool condiment, however. Uh, sitting there with my thesaurus saying, is there another word for exit that sounds better? <laughs> um, Kieran, Paul Gibson sent, it's big. Um, it's kind of based around uh, Patrick's question as well, so only, only it's a little bit further down the line. Would the panel be in favour of playing squad players for the, rest, for the last three games, or mainly uh, the first 11 with the cup final in mind? So do you think there will be, will it be big changes or will it be small incremental changes with, you'd imagine the Aberdeen game we would play the team that might play in the cup final? Yeah, I think so. I think that, I think maybe incremental changes. I'm hopeful we'll see most you know, but as it is alluding to, more starts for O, for Haxabanovich, for Awata. I really would like to see Awata start on Saturday. I, I, I'm really curious to see what he can do from I feel like a full ninety minutes in that role because he's used been used effectively as the guy. Who, and I, I, I do understand the logic behind it for Ange, who is thinking like if we need somebody to reassert control over the middle, he's your go-to guy. And I understand that. It's really isn't it's a similar sort of approach that he took with um when he'd often use Rogic as a impact sub in a different in a more creative sense rather than like a dump like midfield uh, control sense. Um but at the same time I would quite like to see him just like, you know, make an arse of Raskin and Cantwell for a full ninety minutes from the off. Uh, I think I, I think I would and you know, I think it'd be quite interesting to see if we can dominate the middle as we know we can with, with him and Starting, and I think it'll be interesting, as you say, with like um, if you know Kobayashi can hopefully improve, uh, put in a better shift at, at the week at the weekend as well. I think it would be a, maybe a bit more of an Kieran, outline Kieran, of what type of team we'll see in the Kieran, Champions League. You can't you can't say phrases like put in a better shift. Uh, neither can I. So. No. Oh, right. Well, okay. Well, that's <laughs> uh, Oh, he's genuinely offended. I was only joking. Calm down. You're turning everybody against you, Chris Gallagher. There's going to be a You're mutiny. struggling at the end of the season here, son. I know. I'm, 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 I'm it up a little bit. I'm a little bit tired, and uh, I need a rest. Um, no, Kieran, I was just, was just a bit of fun. I was I was making an astute point actually uh, about how having a Wata and Kobayashi there might be uh, an outline for the type of team we'll play in the Champions League next season. Yeah. Before you called me a prick. For <laughs> how dare you? Uh, you're not a prick, Kieran. You're a lovely boy. Um, no, good points all round. I mean, I think you know we've got uh, after Rangers, we've got those three league games. Um, you know, it will be interesting. We go, we go away, we go away to Easter Road on the, on a couple of Wednesdays time. That will be good kind of night game. There is pressure there because they are still pushing for a Europa League um, spot. So what's good about that is there will be that competitive edge. It just won't be an end of season. And Aberdeen, even the Aberdeen game, they'll still probably be in the hunt. Or I know I think they've got a bit of a gap now between them and Hearts. But my point being, these are three games, uh, four games where essentially. There's stuff to play for, and it's not just dead rubbers. I think that's important. Alan? I think on that, just to, again, reiterate that the importance and the value, not only of reaching the National Cup final, um, which is obviously huge in itself and it's a great opportunity, but actually the last game of the season is going to be huge, and it's an opportunity to, you know, I was about to say make history or make your own history. Um, Whereas if we hadn't won that game, 
you would have one yesterday and you would have title day to look forward to and it would kind of be just waiting for that moment. Now, training will probably be as competitive as ever. The manager does have the option of bringing guys out if they maybe thinks he could do with a little break and the guys that just want to play through can. It just gives him so many options and there's no... I don't think the, the there's the same risk of the season just kind of fizzling out. But now actually guys will be working really hard because they'll want to be a starter um, on June the 3rd. So I think it's a great opportunity that way. And I did get a wee twinge of excitement as well, just when Kieran mentioned Awata, you know, potentially start with the weekend. And then just, I forgot we do have the opportunity to, obviously win a treble, but also do have the opportunity to go to Ibrox. And again, that means nothing to them, to, to us, it does mean something to them really because they do have this and we've got the opportunity to take what little hope you have away from them. And genuinely it's like it's you know, it would just be great if the tiny, tiny, tiny little bit of hope you could have you could just extinguish it. Um oh, let's fuck it, but enjoying ourselves the bank holiday. Do you think Zach Beale if we went there and gave them wee scalpy bum on Saturday? Um I don't. I don't think they would. No. no, I don't think they would. I think they should, but I don't think they would. Fantastic. I, 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 I think like they're, they're tired. <laughs> their, their supporters already turning on them because you know being a weird guy plus <laughs> shit results is not a good. <laughs> it's not a happy being equ- a weird equation. Guy? <laughs> he's a, he's a weirdo. He he's a, a, like he's in the odd. Aye, makes you feel makes your skin crawl a bit, doesn't it? Do you know that's the perfect. That is absolutely it. When he's talking, he just. Ugh. He probably wore those shirts with, like, you know how um, it'd be like a shirt and they'd have different coloured, like, white collars and white kind of cuffs. See, speaking of suit cuffs, did anyone notice the detail on Angie's suit yesterday? Little tricolours and the stitching? Very nice. Very nice. I mean, it is is obviously a club suit. Um, So, um, old Forbes and the square are obviously the eye for detail. Um. On, on top of obviously Celtic uh, men's winning the title, Celtic FC women are still pushing for the title. They played Partick this yesterday. Um, it was appallingly bad. It was really, really terrible. And um, scored in the 94th minute, Caitlin Hayes, who is just an unbelievable footballer, um, saving our skin yet again. Uh, that'll be discussed in detail on the Celtic women's football show. Uh and that's going to be before the huge game on on Thursday, Celtic versus Glasgow City, taking place at Celtic Park. Um, should be fantastic. Uh, we'll, uh, a couple of us are going. Um, I'll be there, Claire will be there. Alan, I think you might be going as well. Yes, I haven't actually booked my ticket yet, but I will, I'll do that this afternoon. Yes, um, check it out. I mean, it should be a good game. It's the titles, We're still on the title hunt. The very last game is Glasgow City versus Rangers. Um, and if they take points off each other, it could really open up a, an opportunity for us to kind of sneak, sneak in. But we're five points behind. Uh, if we win, it will be two points. And then there's, you know, the games are coming thick and fast. So um, huge game. That will be covered on the Celtic Women's Football Show. Let's do the agenda um, rundown uh, agenda for the week. Uh, you're listening to the agenda, of course. Um, Tomorrow we'll have the review with uh, Graham and Christian looking at, uh, obviously, the, the game of the weekend. Celtic Women's Football Show on Wednesday. Thursday we've got the Cynic Weekly. Um, on Friday, uh, well, the thing the thing about Friday is, uh, I'll, I'll let you guys decide. Um, would you prefer a lunch? Not you two. Uh, I mean the listeners. Um, uh, would you prefer the weekend update at midday as usual? Or would you prefer... 
uh, the lunch club, uh, maybe a little bit later on in the evening, uh, potentially live. Um, if you're interested, uh, let me know, uh, editor at thecynic.co, or you can send us a WhatsApp, uh, and the details are in your email. Uh, and Saturday, we've got the reaction to the Rangers game, of course, uh, and then Sunday, we've got Celtic Roulette. Um, should be fantastic uh, and uh, that's your agenda for the week a couple of questions I want to finish on the first uh, is um, just Robert McPherson says what a weekend we had a special club with special fans my question is who was a bigger greeting face wee guy Naismith Nielsen or Levine secondly if I become a big money arsehole do you think they'd give me the job um, who you call it money um uh, the quality I, of listener questions this week has been exceptional. It's, I have to say. it's, it's always a it's always a really high standard, but I feel uh, everyone's in good spirits and it's contributing to some excellent questions. Absolutely. Uh, the final question that we'll kind of finish on from uh, our good friend Dale Sherry: Should we treat the game against the Orcs? Oh, I love that. By the way, I absolutely love Colin Rangers Orcs, and that's what we'll do from <laughs> now on. That's the new that's the new code. Uh, should we treat the game against the Orcs like a preseason game against an Austrian fourth division team? <laughs> <laughs> Give game time to Bain, Lowell, Bernabe, McCarthy, Vata, Forrest, Turnbull, Summers and Welsh. I think we should have McGregor start the game, boot the ball at the park in the first 30 seconds and then sub him off like it's a testimonial. Um, Alan, should we show the Orcs that much uh, disrespect for a bit of fun? I like the, I like the idea of it. Um, I'm, all about, uh, I'm all about that disrespect. Um, just I'd quite like us to win, um, selfishly. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I don't know if that 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 lineup that that Dale's listed there gives us the best chance of um, succeeding. I just selfishly, I go on holiday on Sunday, and I've got a long flight, and I'd love nothing more than just to sit on that flight. No iPods or fuck, it's not two thousand four. No iPhone, no headphones, and nothing. Just sit there and just sit with my hands clasped in front of me like a serial killer, just sitting <laughs> smiling. For the nine hour flight or whatever it is, do you know I would love that because I wouldn't need anything else. I wouldn't need. I, I would be comfortable in the knowledge that we have absolutely ended them in their season single handedly. Um, they could have won every other game this season, and we would have still. <laughs> they would have still not won a fucking thing, and do you know that just makes me smile. So that would be my entertainment for the flight. So I, if Celtic could do that on Saturday, that would be great. I'd love if like uh, we subbed on like Martin Comston. Or something like that, just for a bit of fun, you know. Or one of those weird. I've holly- seen him in those like, uh, soccer aid games. He can put himself about that boy. He, you know, he's like a feisty tackle. He was at. I think he was at Morton when he was younger. He was like, um, I think he was on like a YTS, whatever. But he, he never made it full time. But um, do you remember um, Jerry Butler playing up front in that charity <laughs> game? Like I think it was twenty fourteen. <laughs> he was he was awful. Oh, really bad. I mean, aye. you know, aye. I played. He looks up- good in the movies and that when he's escaping a burning building. But ask him to shut down a goalie man and he's fucked. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, and the fact that the guy that's passing the balls to him is like Henrik Larson. It's like, come on, hey, fuck, Jesus Christ. Uh, Kieran, um, quickly as we finish, how are you feeling about Saturday? Are you uh, nerves kicking in or not even thinking about it? How do you think you'll be the other day at the time? Yeah, I think I would, the closer to the time, I get a bit nervous. But I think it's just because there's nothing like. Well, I say I'm saying it's fine for me to say this now because I know Saturday morning will be very, very different. <laughs> but at the moment, it's just like. Because there's, n- there's no real stakes apart from, you know, pride and just one, as Alan's saying, it'd just be really nice to them <laughs> to go and beat against them all season. Or even a win especially would be class. Um, but 
Yeah, I guess that at the moment, like like you, I, I just completely forgot it was happening until this morning, looking at the the fixtures and rewatching yesterday. But it's yeah, it's quite a nice position to be in. I think as I mentioned last week, I was really hoping we'd win at Tynecastle just so this this game. I I know I know to win it at Ibrox would be amazing, but I just couldn't handle the tension. <laughs> I just couldn't do it. I don't, like, it would drive me around the the, the wall. Um, so, yeah, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to those last three games as well because, as you say, we can maybe, maybe try and see give people like Owen Hacks a, a, a few more starts. So, yeah, I think I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm just treat it like a like a yeah, uh, pre-season friendly against four-tier Austrian team. That's what yeah. we should do. Uh, uh, FC kickers when we used to smash them like twelve-one mm. and all that. Brilliant. Uh, listen, this has been an absolute joy. Um, plenty coming up on the cynic. Uh, thank you for all your support. Uh, we appreciate it greatly, um, and uh, we'll speak to you through the week uh, as we build up towards the game against them, the Orcs, on on Saturday. Uh, Kieran Devlin, a pleasure as always, and I apologise for my earlier comment. It's fine. Uh, I'll. I might be able to have a word with HR, but um, that's for a different Claire, call. Kieran's going to speak to you. <laughs> yeah, HR's my wife, mate. So. And, and your marketing as well. <laughs> Claire, Kieran needs a logo. Um, but no, no, good man. Uh, 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 pleasure's on mine, pleasure. Uh, Alan, uh, pleasure, and uh, speak to you soon. Thanks very much, boys. Mind I'll not be here the next two weeks, so hold down the fort. I've left money on the table. <laughs> Take care. You've been... In sharp form, um, good. Ah, uh, enjoy, boys. I'll be listening in. Great stuff um, from Kieran Devlin, from Alan Edgar, from myself, Chris Gallagher. This has been the cynic. Uh, this has been the agenda. And just remember that a badass surname is sixty percent a.